boot it up, get going here. We, um, I do, I just have very few, but I do have some. If you do not have a lesson nine, raise your hand. It's the one we've been working on. And we should be, we're going to pick up at the bottom of page two and finish up with page three. Try to finish up today. Uh, next Sunday, we have a special guest who will be uh, presenting Sunday school because I will be out. Um, Mr. The highly esteemed Mr. Paul Buzzy will be filling in for me next week. And uh, he'll be just fine doing his thing. And, uh, <laughs> and as I have assured him. And um, so I would like... No, it's not a warning. This is, a, this, is, this is actually a call to make sure that whoever is here today uh, is here to root Mr. Buzzy on to do his thing next week and just give him, uh, have, make him feel comfortable and give him great conversation and great discussion. Amen? Amen. 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 See, there you go. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. You do whatever you do, whatever you, that's right. And, and, and bring a friend. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right, so we're, um, we're having this discussion <clears throat> in this really, really great study. I, I, I want to just point out that um, this study was brought my way because um, we'll, we'll call it uh, divine providence. Um, it was a study that um, uh, Ms. Lynn uh, actually had uh, for the ladies, and the ladies... Uh, went with a different study, but I but I took a look at it. She showed it to me, and I said, "Boy, you know what? This is a really, really great study for everybody." And sometimes it works out that way, where you you the Lord is going to bring bring something based upon where we are as a people, where we are as a group, where we are as individuals. And this study does that. It makes you think, it makes you think about where you are in your faith walk. It makes you think about where you are in as to how you reckon with situations and circumstances um, in our lifetime. And we've had plenty of conversation about that, and I, we're going to continue with that today and try to get through the rest of this today so that we'll be able to start clean with a new lesson uh, in two weeks. So with that in mind, um, we're going to go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you and give you praise for your presence this morning. We thank you, Lord, for how you just love us and care for us, how you nurture us, how you reassure us with your very presence. Lord, we are reminded that where more than two are gathered, you are present. And we pray now for the Spirit to be involved with all discussion, to be the leader of discussion uh, today. And we thank you, Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, God, are you fair, was the question that we were asking from the content that we have extrapolated from the Missing Pieces study by Jennifer Rothschild. And as a reminder, uh, Jennifer Rothschild, a very gifted young lady who wanted to be an artist, wanted to be an illustrator, um, but wound up uh, suffering from retinitis pigmentosa, and so she is blind, legally blind. She's not able to do the things that she had set out to do. So in her wrestling with the life that she has now been dealt, uh, based upon her relationship with the Lord, she's expressed a lot of this in this study. 
for us to reckon with as well, too. And that's something that we all need to deal with. We need to hear even how believers scuffle every now and then. Because we do. Every now and then we struggle with where we are and who we are and what we have to deal with personally. That's part of our life. Some of us in this room right now, no names please, but some of us in this room right now are scuffling, but we just do so in silence basically. Because, you know, it's the old adage, you know, there's no sense in complaining because no one's going to listen to you anyway. Uh, you've, you've heard that before, right? But that doesn't change how you feel. You're still scuffling. You're still dealing with those issues, okay? So with that in mind, let's go back to the bottom of page two so we can move on to page three and finish up. And we're going to go back and look at, again, the widow's plea before the judge just to get people up to speed with what we've been talking about. And I would encourage you, if you have any questions or comments, please express them because I'm going to encourage those of you who have not been here before or who are relatively new to this, that that is what we do here. This is not a sermon being preached. This is just a discussion time. So I want you to be aware of that. And uh, Mr. Buzzy next week will welcome that as well, too. He wants your questions. He wants your comments. He wants to hear how you feel about something. And we promise that we'll do the best we can to address those issues as we go along with the foundation of God's word as the leader of the discussion. Down at the bottom of the page, too. The widow received a response from the judge to her appeal in Luke 18, 4 and 5. Let's go back to that. Turn back to Luke chapter 18, verses 4 and 5. I try to imagine in my mind what that widow must have been personality-wise. We don't know what she looks like. We don't know anything about that. All we know is that she's a widow. She doesn't have a husband. And back at that time, we know that widows really had to struggle because it, it was very difficult for them to get care or help. And that's why Scripture implored people to take care of the widows and those people who were single because they didn't have anyone to care for them. Basically, the husband was the provider. But when the husband goes, what happens? They don't have any guarantees. So someone had to look after them, and the judge had to grant her something special for her to be able to get what she was looking for, to get the relief that she was looking for. So it says, and again, reminder that this judge has already been mentioned to be a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. That's in verse 2 of Luke 18. So we've got a guy who does not care about God. He knows that God exists because he's acknowledging God exists. But yet he says, I don't really care and I don't really respect people. In other words, I don't like God and I don't like you. That's his attitude. And yet he is appointed to be a judge. Well, that's great. So you know you already have the deck stacked against you if you have to go before a judge like that. So verse 3, And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, this is verse 4, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. In other words, this woman must have had a really plucky, 
spunky personality just kept coming back and coming back and coming back and would not relent until she got the justice that she rightfully deserved. This is a case where a judge knew what the law was but decided he wasn't going to render it because he was going to be a jerk about it. But because this woman was persistent about it and kept coming back and coming back and coming back and going before him over and over again, it wore him down. Well, that's great. And sometimes we have to look at life that way too. Sometimes we have to look at life in that same way where we know what is right, what is just, and what is good. And the people who fought for the civil rights movement, as an example, they kept going and going and pursuing and marching and protesting over and over again in spite of opposition. Until finally... It paid off. We need to understand that sometimes you just have to keep trying. You have to keep going. So in that same way, we see that the judge wore down. What, so basically we know from that question, the judge responded to her appeal and rendered in her favor because she was persistent. How does the judge's response compare or contrast to how you feel that God is responding to you. When you pray, remember we talk about uh, the, the verse in 1 Thessalonians, pray continually, pray without ceasing, depending upon the language of Scripture. Do you pray that way? A lot. A lot. Well, you should. You should, number one, because Scripture says you should. If you have something that you are trying to deal with, God wants you to pray continually, not intermittently, not every other day, not when the mood hits. It's a continual prayer. Because if it's a continual prayer, more than likely it's a prayer that's sincere and meaningful. God does not want your rote prayers. You should be enough of a developed believer in the Lord Jesus Christ to have grown beyond the prayers, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You can train a child to say those things and they memorize that, but what you're doing is you're teaching them how to pray, but now when you're 40 years old, You shouldn't be praying, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, oh boy. Hopefully your faith is a little bit more developed than that. Yes. Hi, Stacy. Um, I don't want to necessarily say that. I think the idea is if you're praying more often, you're putting it at the forefront of your mind. It's something that's always going to be in front of you. If you, get, if, you, if you leave it alone and get back to it later and leave it alone, 
Remember, understand, what is prayer? What is the essence of prayer? The essence of prayer is talking, communication with the Lord. So what you're doing is you're developing a regular, decent communication with the Lord, Jesus Christ, through prayer. Whereas if it's intermittent, well, you're not communicating as much as you probably should be. And I'm not saying that as a, as a put-down. I'm saying that as a, if you're trying to learn more about a relationship with someone, what do you have to do? You have to talk to them. Your best friend, you've got to talk to them. You have to have communication with them. You have to have this conversation with them over and over again. And you develop that relationship over time. That's why there's always a difference between friends, good friends, and acquaintances. Acquaintances, you only have periodic conversations with acquaintances. Friends, you may have conversations with them a little bit more often, but good friends, you talk to all the time, all day long, whatever it is, if you're always around them. So those are things we need to understand when we're talking about praying continually. Jesus is challenging us in those very words to say, make it a priority. You're praying during the day. You're praying when you're at work. You're praying when you're even in places like the grocery store. You're just walking around. Maybe you're going out for a walk. How many of you like to walk around? Just go walking. Okay, I didn't see any hands go up, so I'm going to assume some people like to walk around. Okay, well, what, what a better time is there for you to be praying than that time? When there's nothing going on, you're not on the phone, you're not talking to people, you're just taking in air, you're taking in fresh air, nature, all those things. That's a great time for prayer. So this prayer thing is also a thing that we have to develop over time. It's a development. And the key purpose of prayer is what? You are communicating with the Lord with that prayer. I'd yes. like to substitute for the word pray. Talk. Talk, sure. You know, it says pray without ceasing. Yes. Well, somebody might say, well, does that mean every second of every day I'm supposed to be praying? Uh, you know, I pull into a, a, a parking lot and there's a space right by the door and I say, thank you, Lord. Okay, there you go. Just little stuff. Yes, that's right. Yeah. God just wants to communicate with us, and He wants us to express our hearts. Absolutely. And our needs. Exactly right. When you're driving in the car, that's a good time for prayer. Sometimes we need that extra prayer just to get through traffic. Uh, amen. And for goodness' sake, don't close your eyes while you're driving. Oh, okay, well, there's nothing wrong with a team effort there. So you're driving, and you're not closing your eyes. You're, you're, you're focused on traffic. You're looking at what's going on around you. But I thank the Lord for the ability to do what I do when it comes to driving. Because I drive a lot of miles every day. And there is something to be said about how he enables you Maybe, the, maybe uh, someone like Walter can even relate to this too because he's a professional driver as well too. He gives you this ability to see things sometimes maybe the average person can't see. See how traffic forms, see how clusters are over here. You see this, what to watch out for. Maybe you need to get over in this lane here because that doesn't look good over here. Just little stuff like that that he enables you with. And I say, Lord, thank you. Because that's, I know. That's something that we need to always keep in mind, that he does those things for us, and we need to be thanking him for how he gifts us with those very abilities to do that. Yes. Oh, go ahead. You know, um, last 
Paul. Yes. And you know, I pick up little stuff, and when I get home, when I'm praying, I say, Lord, it's me again. Amen. <laughs> I go into it, forgive me for my sins and all that, and after a while, I start getting emotional. Okay. Feeling, I mean, you know, because I can feel him on me. Amen. So, you know, that, that really has helped. I pick up little stuff like this. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. So I hope that addresses the issue that we just talked about, about prayer needs to be developed. It's not something that comes easily. It becomes more conversational over time. Rather than repeating what other people say, now you're developing how you say things. That's the other thing about prayer, too. You have to develop your own language, your own communication. Yeah. Got it. Perfect. He just added the great word then. That's perfect. Yes, Debbie. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. Yep. Okay. We get it. We understand completely. That's very important for us to see that. God hears our prayers. That's the point that Debbie was making. Even if we're not skilled at it, even if we're not professional prayers, so to speak, He still hears us. That's the thing. He just asks us to give it a go. He didn't say you had to be a great prayer. He just said just pray. Just pray. Okay, so we need to understand that, I guess the answer to the question here that we just asked then, down below, how do you feel God is responding to you? Well, the response thing has to do with you. Because ultimately, if you're praying for answers, you cannot pray, well, let me, let me just say this correctly. You can pray for answers, but we need to also make sure that those answers are in accordance with God's timing and not your timing because our timing has flaws to it and the flaw is merely that we just don't know the whole picture we don't have a concept of that but god does that's something we have to keep in mind here so if you are not patient 
then you already have a strike against you. Whereas you're dealing with a God who is nothing but patience, especially with us. God teaches us patience. Remember, one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience, along with kindness. These very things that God is trying to teach us on a daily basis, He's teaching us how to be patient even in the midst of prayer. Patience. When you're impatient, you now add expectations to God's, the prayer that you're giving to God. When you add expectations, it typically means that you're going to be on the road to making mistakes. Because if we truly believe that God has perfect timing, then we need to act like God has perfect timing. If God has perfect timing, then you should be content in your prayer efforts in waiting for an answer that it's going to be God's perfect timing that that prayer is answered. How many of you can attest that God's timing is perfect? Now you do this, but how do you, have, how do you know this? You know this from experience. You know this from experience. If you don't have a lot of uh, experience with God, then you really don't know what that perfect timing really is until he answers your prayer in such a way where it's only God could have done this. And that way you understand this perfect timing. There have been many instances where we understand, Lynn and I both, we've said it had to be God's perfect timing. There's no other way it could have happened. There's no other way it could have been done. That's exactly what had to take place. So those of you with experience, but where does that experience come with? Being a believer, developing a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ on a regular basis, on a daily basis, praying continually, seeking him out, reading his word every day, reading his word every day, that is a a habit that you need to develop to make sure that you truly are responsive when you see him affirm your prayer efforts. Even though you don't get an answer the way you want, God will absolutely affirm you when you seek after him. Now, what do I mean by affirm you? Exactly what Carol just said before. Hey, Lord, it's me. Here I am. Here I am before you, praying, and she knows the presence of the Spirit because it makes her emotional. Well, that's an immediate response. And it works differently for different people. But you know that you have this peace, even though you're still waiting for an answer, that there's no way in the world that peace could have come from anywhere but the Lord himself, through the power of the Spirit. Yes. Well, he showed you, didn't he? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I get you. I understand. Now, you would have hoped it could have been something simple rather than putting you flat on your back. But we've seen instances like that where sometimes God will put you flat on your back. 
it's, it'll, it'll slow you down. Yeah. Okay. So, and you know, sometimes God's waiting for us to be ready to hear a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes God says, each of us has an individual, special relationship with the Lord. It has to do with who you are as a person and how He speaks to you. He does speak to us individually in different ways. Okay. If an unjust judge in the story finally renders justice, how much more will your just judge bring justice to you? My friend, I get tired of being blind. This is Jennifer Rothschild speaking. I'm at the bottom of page two. I get tired of being blind. This is why I said what I said earlier. She's telling you her struggles. She doesn't want to be blind. You know, it's not often you hear people be honest about how they feel about themselves. And I can relate to that. I think I would be tired of being blind too. If I'm a creative, if I'm a person who wants to express myself with my hands or do writing or whatever it is, I get tired of that too. I know you get tired of dealing with the stress, sadness, and frustration that comes with your heartache too. It's hard to patiently endure what God allows. But God promises He will render justice on your behalf. Even if it feels like He isn't responding, He is and will be faithful to you. How many of you believe that? Amen. God responded by providing healing over here with Mrs. Buzzy. So he did respond, but boy, did she want to go through those circumstances? Of course not. Three-year deal? Yeah. Okay. I got it. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yeah, guess what? God created you as a human being. So with that human being trait comes human being characteristics. Pardon me? And flesh, yeah. But he just challenges us to be patient, knowing full well that sometimes we lack patience. So just keep that in mind. Yes. Yeah. 
it's going to take you in her particular instance three years to get to that destination. Mm-hmm. Well, you're thinking about no three years. You're thinking, okay, I'm going to fix now. You yeah. talk about patience. It's kind of like, well, you know what? I know you're God. I know you can take. You know, you can do this. But I don't want to wait three years. Yeah. Nope. We just know that this is the destination where I want. That's where the blessing is. Mm-hmm. How come I'm not there? And you don't pay attention to the journey. So right. The, the journey is going to be God's way of getting you ready for whatever blessing it is that you have. That being said, the focus needs to be on the journey. The journey. In order to get to That's, destination. You just said... The journey is all about being taught. You are learning. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. So look at verses 7 and 8 in Luke 18 real quick. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Look what it says. Cry to him day and night. Usually the term cry is more of an appeal and it's usually being done in a situation where you're not at your best. Okay? Will he not give justice to those people who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? Now understand, the word delay has its own meaning, doesn't it? Because some of us need to understand this word delay may mean a lifetime. It may mean a lifetime, but once your life here is over, we have the eternal life that we all look forward to, amen, as, as being the members of the elect, members uh, who believe in Jesus Christ. This eternal life is what we're looking forward to, but we've got to keep this thing in perspective. We've already had previous discussions in previous classes about how we know that God certainly has the power to heal you. There's no question about it. But we also know that God doesn't heal everyone in the way that they would like to be healed. But he cares for your soul more than you ever could. That's what we always have to keep in mind. He cares about your soul. He cares about your very existence. You were created eternally. Does everybody know that? Everyone in this room is an eternal being. Did you know that? Once he chose you, you're an eternal being. You have to now decide, as an eternal being, where you want to spend your eternity. Your eternity is either going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ and fellowship with him, or it's going to be eternity in a place separated from God. Notice I didn't, I didn't lead with hellfire and damnation. I said separation. The worst thing for a person created by Lord Jesus Christ, by God himself, is eternal separation from your creator. That's the worst thing ever. Always remember that. We know there's a punishment, but I always want to emphasize that it's always bad 
always bad if you're separated from your Creator. And that is a choice that you make. That's right. So God is going to respond. He will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a challenge for us. Now we're on page three. Let's see how much we can get to here. Justice will always and eventually prevail in the high court of the Most High. He promises us he will be faithful, but he asks us a question. Jot down what he asked in Luke 18.8. And that's what it says there. Will he find faith on earth? What does that mean? What does that mean when Jesus asks the question, will he find faith on earth? You tell me what that means. He's talking about the church. He's talking about us. He's talking about us. Those people who truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, those people who truly believe in who he is, yet we have to be cautious that we are not dragged down by the worries and cares of this life that take away our faith, that pull, put our faith to the side, that push us in the background when we should be in the foreground. If we're discipling people for the Lord Jesus Christ, we should not be in the background. In spite of what's going on in our lives, we should be at the forefront praising the Lord Jesus Christ for where we are today, in spite of what's been happening to us. That's where we need to be. Will he find faithful people? We've got a lot of believers that are not faithful. That's a broad brush statement, isn't it? They may have started faithful. That's right. Did you have your hand up? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Or it didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen. That's right. Or you had to keep pushing and pushing. You know the judge that you're dealing with or the situation is it's fair. Yep. Will you still have faith? That's right. I think it's just you're falling away. You know, you're falling away. Yeah. Maybe you do not see your expectation. Correct. That's right. My, my prayer is that everybody in this room does not fall away. Does not fall away. Does not let the worries, the distraction. Look, Satan puts distractions out there for the purpose of doing what? Taking your focus off of Christ and onto those distractions or, and ultimately onto him. Because that's what he wants you to do. That's the first bell. That is not the second bell. First. Oh, the other one was an accident? So that, this is the first bell. Praise the Lord. All right, so let's move on. Will he find faith? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Debbie. I'm sorry. Yep. Right? Amen. Amen. 
told about the other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, give thanks to him. But then how can I give thanks to you when my eyes are closed? How can I give thanks to you when the stuff is so set up? You know, but he was in control. He had that purpose in office. Mm-hmm. And really, in terms of us being God's people, you know, it's making us, the things that happen to me now, it's making us more like him. Mm-hmm. Was his life perfect? No. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about the suffering. He, he did it for, for us. Amen. So we represent him in this life. Sometimes God deliberately slows us down to give us time to have that real special fellowship time with Him that we probably wouldn't normally have if we were just moving about. Because He is always continually developing and teaching us. That never stops. As long as you're alive, he is there to teach you. You know, Brother Beach is going to be 90 years old on Wednesday. And Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Did you have your... I didn't know Okay. Well, I'll, I'll finish my sentence. Brother Beach is going to be 90 years old on Wednesday. The Lord is still teaching him. Amen? He's the only one sin, I guess. Oh, okay. Now that, now that could be too. He's the only one that can. I mean, when you're 90 years old, you're supposed to know something. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. That's right. All these, all these verses are bring, being brought to the forefront now. Yes, I'm so sorry. Amen. That's right. That's right. So the question is, will he find faith on the earth when he returns? More importantly, will he find faith in you and me? To me, that's the bigger question. Not will we be treated fairly, but will Jesus find faith in me? Do I trust him to be just even when I don't understand it? Will I be grateful for what I didn't receive and humbled by whatever God has allowed out of his just, merciful character? My friend, those are questions for which you can have the answer. You decide if God will find you faithful. True confession time. Like me, are you sometimes guilty of trying to control other people's business while neglecting to control yourself? Amen! Tell me how you do or don't struggle with this. Now, we obviously didn't finish the lesson today, so we're going to stop there, and we'll pick it up when we get back in two weeks with this. Um, We'll just uh, put it to the side. Don't throw these away. Hang on to them for one more or two more weeks, and we'll circle back and finish this up and go into Lesson 10 from there. I pray that you look at this whole thing about how you're communicating with the Lord and not putting expectations on it. When you put expectations on it, you're going to get disappointed. Now, you should have expectation that God indeed is the one who's in control. He is in control of everything. He is in control of your very life. He has allowed things to happen in your life. That's a thing, a challenge we all have to kind of reckon with sometimes. Why does he allow those challenges? He's teaching us. That's really what it comes down to. It's an it's a instruction that's taking place. 
Because that's a marker in your life, whatever he's doing in that moment, that you'll never forget. And when we're discipling other people, it's that lessons that you learn from that experience that you can teach others about the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. How he brought you through that time. Because as long as you can speak it, you've lived it. Amen? That's important for us to keep in mind. Father, we just thank you for this time you've given us to have a good conversation and good discussion about how we communicate with you. How you continually implore us to just seek you. Seek you in prayer. Seek you through your word. Seek you with greater understanding that you will teach us as we come before you. Lord, you're teaching us daily. You're teaching us at every, any given moment. You're giving us something that we can really live for and really seek out and disciple other people with that information that you give to us. Thank you for those lessons. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for working with us even when we are not patient. Teach us, Lord, to be patient. Teach us, Lord, to be kind to others as you have been kind to us. We pray now for the upcoming message and the speaker, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Well, we'll see. Mr. Buzzy will be here next week, and I'll see you in two weeks.